Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Woohoo! Welcome to today's show. Today we have an amazing man of God here with us uh, named Mark Buckley, and we will also continue our journey through the book of John as we will delve into John chapter 7. But first, uh, Mark Buckley, um, I tell us, wait, wait a minute, let's do this correctly. I know that you're a prayer warrior, so um, I haven't done this with any of the other guests. So will you open us up, up in prayer, please? Absolutely. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you. And before we do anything, dear Lord, we just want to stop and tell you that we love you, Lord. That we appreciate all you do for us, your guidance, dear Lord, your love, the gifts and bills you've given us, dear Lord. And we ask you to use those to glorify and honor you. That you bless this time we get to spend together and the listener, dear Heavenly Father, that need to hear that special word, dear Lord, that may be going through a trial in, in their time right now. So, Lord, have your way. May it please and glorify you. And we ask this in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mark. That's the very first time we've opened in prayer right as we start the show. We usually pray before, but uh, today we have uh, Mark Buckley with us. He's an amazing man of God. And uh, Mark has written a book on depression, and he's also a prayer warrior who walks on the strand of Oceanside um, near the Oceanside Pier Every single day, seven days a week. With that, Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, like you said, uh, I suffered from depression almost my entire life. I was, uh, it was 24 years ago that I tried to end my life for the sixth time. I was diagnosed with chemical imbalance, bipolar disorder. Uh, they just continued to do different things. I was institutionalized seven different times, even underwent electroshock therapy. And God finally had enough of that after uh, the last time was uh, in California. And uh, as I went, I, I remember the first time I ever prayed to God. And uh, even knew there was a guy. I figured, better take, not take any chances now. This should be the last time where I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And uh, so I asked so God. I said, you know, I don't think I, I belong in hell. You know, I did okay. I tried to take care of my wife that you gave me. I was faithful and all that. But, hey, I understand that uh, I don't belong in heaven either. And if I was you, I wouldn't want me there. He says, why don't we just call it quits? Why don't we just, this is it. It'd be as if I was never here. And it'd be better off for everybody that it wasn't. And that was my prayer. And I looked back and I said, boy, God, you know, I, you did a great job on the universe, the earth, the uh, everything else. But boy, when you created me, you just, you made a mistake. I told God the first time I talked to him that he messed up. And God says, nah. And he's been proving me wrong ever since. And he's been able to use the testimony to help other people see. And, and my statement is just that God doesn't make mistakes. Amen, Mark. Yeah. Amen. So, uh, I understand you wrote a book on depression and it makes perfect sense. You said you've been, uh, depressed most of your life. Um, is this book, can this book be offered for free or is it on the market for sale mm -hmm. or how can people get their hands on this book? Well, I have a website. It's called gettingoverdepression.org. And uh, on that website, it's free. It's an electronic book. It's Getting Over Depression. Also, there's another book I wrote called Do You Need Prayer? And it's been a journal. I've been doing prayer on the, on the Strand now for over two years. So it's kind of a journal entry. Also, there is a workbook. I was giving classes on getting over depression. And uh, the notes are in, uh, also in there. Uh, testimony I gave at a church. Is, uh, the video is also, uh, also there. My, uh, you can email me through there. I, I've talked to people. I've counseled people just by using God's word in, in my testimony. So I have a question for you. You suffered from depression. You were able to um, conquer it through Jesus Christ. Um, say some with, with somebody with depression is listening now. Tell them the hope that they may have. Absolutely. People say that uh, that God, you know, healed me of depression. And I tell them, 
he didn't heal me like he did the blind man, the paralytic. He gave me a prescription, which I, I've been getting all my life from, uh, from doctors, and the prescription is prayer. And he just showed me when you're depressed, you know it's coming on. And this prayer stops right away. It's just like as soon as you feel anger, which is a very big thing on depression, you just take it to God and give it to him. When uh, I got saved, the, the day I was saved, it was at, uh, at a church in that, and the message was on burdens. And the message was, all our life we, we collect things, we collect burdens in the past, think bad, things that have gone wrong. We collect burdens for that day, and then we get burdens that we don't even have yet because they come in the future. And, I, and we're not designed to carry that many burdens. And as we're walking with these burdens, we finally collapse under the pressure. And Jesus came to say, those, those burdens aren't yours. Those burdens are mine. And that's what it is, and that's what the prayer is. All those little burdens that we carry every day. Because when we're depressed, it's not one thing. It's just a combination. And the more we think about it, the, the, the longer the list becomes. And unless we give those to God right away as they come, you know, it gets overwhelming. And I tell you, if you are depressed, you're depressed because you're focused on your problems. It depends what you focus. If you focus on God and all the blessings that he's given you, opposed to your problems, your life is so much better because we look for happiness in this world. And it's not there, but our joy is in the Lord. And we can have it any time. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. Circumstances shouldn't dictate what your life is. You know, it's, it's God and how you created and we're and you're designed for a place that's so much better than we're here now, but we're here for a reason and a purpose. Amen. And we're here to fulfill that purpose. And we can't do it alone. And depression is usually that loneliness that says we can't do it. And you're right. You can't do it by yourself. We're not designed to do it by ourselves. It's too big of a task. But God's got that that special purpose for each one and we have everything we need to accomplish that purpose. And since I've been praying, I've been doing so many things that I can't believe I'm doing. It's been 26 years, but this last two, over two years praying has been the best part of my life because every day I know I'm where God called me to be. I'm in that spot. So besides praying and talking to people and getting to know people, I'm spending time with God, time I'd never spent before. And it's it's such a joy because I know it, it pleases him. We keep saying our father and uh, our great father. And says, but we never look at him as a true father and a dad. He wants to spend time with us. And once you know that, that you have a loving father that wants to spend time and doesn't want you to hurt, it, it's miraculous in what happens. So I have a, this question. Say I'm going through depression. I don't believe in God. I, I can't stand the name of Jesus, but I, I, I don't want to be depressed anymore. What would you tell me? I wouldn't have a, I wouldn't have a solution for you because that's how, I, how God overcame that. I, suffered 46, I was 46 years old when I received Jesus. I suffered from depression all the time. I tried everything. You'll find people that are depressed are the ones that will be Changing. I can't tell you how many houses I had, how many jobs I had. Or I always want the new gadget. I was always looking for something that bring me happiness. Because in depression, you are so miserable inside. You feel there's got to be something out there, and that's why you see movie stars and and things like that that uh, commit suicide. Because those are people they can buy anything in this world, but nothing satisfies you. It's just like you know drinking something, drinking dust, and hoping that your thirst goes away. You need to have that. You need to have something that fulfills you. And there isn't anything in this world. I can't think of one thing in this world that uh, that can actually fulfill you. And so without without God, without Jesus in your life, I, I have no idea how you could get out of depression. So I'm getting that you would tell me, hey, listen to my testimony. Let me tell you what worked for me. Right, and that's that's what God uses. I don't know anything except for what I have. I mean, you could tell me I'm wrong about this or that, but when I tell you this is my story and this is what I went through, you can't tell me that I'm wrong. Amen. How many times did you try to 
and your life? Uh, six times. That's, uh, the last one was 24 years ago, and I've gone through quite a way. I uh, hired people to kill me. Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, yeah. I tried electrocution. I tried, I've tried. It's quite an array of things, and, and I just think of the angels. I can't wait when it is time for me to come home. i got to talk to those guys that have been protecting me all those times and give them a high five. I mean, there's been angels I've been keeping busier than anything. <laughs> you know, these Amen. guys are going to be, when I go home, they're going to be like, oh, my, thank goodness. <laughs> Amen, Mark. So let me ask you another question. I know you you walked the strand in Oceanside, which mm-hmm. is next to the pier. It's about a mile long. Um, how many encounters do you have on a daily basis, just an average of people that you that come up to you because I don't think you're looking for people to pray. You're trusting God to bring people to you because you wear these shirts that say, do you need prayer? So about how many encounters would you say you have? Oh, my gosh. And you're, and you're right because God put in my heart, I never come up to anybody and say, do you need prayer? Because he says it takes faith. Well, faith is impossible. Please him. It takes a lot of faith for somebody to come up to a stranger and ask for prayer. And people have asked me for, I mean, some of the stories are just heartbreaking in that. But they trust God so much that they'll come to the stranger. And uh, it's amazing because those encounters are divine. I have to be at a certain place, and this person has, let me give you an example of one about two weeks ago. Because of depression, God puts a lot of people that have that same, you know, they're, they're suffering from depression. So I'm walking down, uh, and a young man comes, and he came. He says, oh, my gosh, I need prayer. I need prayer. And he's like, he's so excited. And he says, he's telling me how nervous and full of anxiety he is. And says, would you really pray with me? I said, oh, yeah, of course. That's what I'm here for. And he started the prayer. And the prayer was asking for forgiveness. And, you know, and then the Holy Spirit, that's the best part about praying. It's not you. I enjoy listening because this is some of the first things I get to hear. Amen. And uh, so I started. I would start praying, and uh, just let the Holy Spirit just comfort him, and tell him how much he's loved. And uh, then I decided, you know, because of his anxiety, that I told him about my depression testimony and that, and he started crying. And here he tried to commit suicide the night before. Wow. He woke up the morning and said. He says, he couldn't believe he was there. He says, Lord, you got to give me a sign. Walks out of the thing, and guess who's there? You know, and I tell people when they see you. <laughs> yeah. And I tell people, says, God loves you so much, he sends you this old man just to let you know he knows where you are and that he loves you. The next day, I am walking the strand again, and there's a, I hear my name. And here's the same gen- young man. And he's got an electric scooter, and he's whizzing by me going, isn't it a great day to be alive? Wow. And, it just, and I just, it's so humbling. It just, you know, you break in tears. But every day, I, I know so many people because they've been doing it for so long. But I, I figured I'd pray with, in the time, about 2,000 people. And each one of those you know, people are the ones that came to me for prayer. And I've seen miracles. I've seen healings that God has allowed me to see. I... I I tell you, I never said love so much as I have and heard it back to me that people actually look at you. You know, I say, I love you, and I truly do, even though I just meet them just for a few moments, and they look at me, and they love, you know. It, it's just the most wonderful time of my life. Amen. So you're saying in the last couple of years, you've probably encountered about a little over 2,000 people that you have actually prayed with. Yeah, that I prayed with, and so many more that I've just, had interaction and talked. I bring my dog and say yellow lab and everybody loves him. So you can only imagine <laughs> the kids, and the, you know, and the people that come up to him. And, uh, and he's been a big part of the, the ministry. Amen. So you play with people probably from all over the world. Because, oh, yes. Because yeah. Oceanside attracts people from all over the world because of the hotels and everything right. going on there. Um, name one of the countries from somebody that, well, just a couple of days ago, even as close country was, was Canada. Okay. And they were taking a thing. Uh, and then uh, the other day was uh, uh, Korea, uh, Australia, London, uh, Russia, Russia a couple of times, Russia. Ukraine. I just uh, talked to somebody a couple of weeks ago from Ukraine. Wow, that's that's amazing, Mark. Uh, let, let me ask you uh, a couple more questions, and then uh, we'll start the next part of the show, and then I'd like for you to definitely hang out and close 
the show out when we get ready to to finish uh, the chapter today. But uh, are you married? Oh yes, I am so blessed. I'm married to a wonderful woman that's uh, she just encourages me. It's just God loving woman. So Amen. and God knew I needed her. <laughs> Amen. How long have you been married now? Uh, my wife, seventeen years. Seventeen years, still in love. Oh my gosh, yes. Amen. So, Mark, I, I have one last question for you. Um, ha, do you ever lead people uh, to save to the saving power of Jesus Christ, and where they accept Him as Lord and Savior? I don't know. I I don't know. I uh, I plant. I'm the I'm the one that plants the seeds. I'll find out when I get home. Amen. And I'm waiting for Jesus just to introduce me. Amen. <laughs> well, thank you for, uh, for that. And Oceanside and all of San Diego actually needs more people like yourself that are out there actively um, serving our community and more than that, serving God and reaching out to people. Thank you for being on the show today, Mark. Um, love you and uh, please hang out so that you can close us out in prayer. Amen. 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 Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. We just finished an incredible interview with Mark Buckley, who has written a book on depression. And before we close the show, I'll make sure that he gives you his uh, website number and so that you're able to contact him. He's an amazing man of God. He's a man of prayer now. Now, as we begin the book of John, um, if you remember, last week we finished uh, John chapter 6, and we saw where a lot of Jesus' disciples literally walked away from him because they could not handle him saying that he was the bread of life. And to them, that was just over the top. But what's interesting as we continue to, as we continue in the book of John, you'll see that he says, "I am the light of the world, I am the door, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine." And John gives us this incredible picture of who Jesus is, that he is the only one that can sustain us the only one that could save us from from death, from perishing forever and being able to be in his presence. So now as we begin, I wanted to read, uh, pick it up in the last section that we ended, which was John chapter uh, 6, uh, 67 and 68, as Jesus says this to them, then said Jesus unto the 12, will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Those are powerful words. And if you've never heard him before, know that Jesus right now is wanting to have a personal encounter with you. Because no doubt he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, which gave him equality with God, being God himself. And as we now begin chapter 7, it'll make it easier for us to understand as we start this chapter. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, and he would not walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. They wanted to kill him not because of everything he was doing. They wanted to kill him because he is now proclaiming to be God, proclaiming to be God, to be the bread of life. And so to them, it was too much to handle. It was too much for them to at one point, be able to lose everything they had worked for. Remember, the religious leaders at that time were the wealthiest people. Now, verse 2 says this, Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brethren, or his own family, therefore said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. His brethren are like, Go! Let your disciples see everything that you're supposedly are doing. 
For there is no man that does anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. They are now casting total doubt when they're speaking about Jesus. His own flesh and blood, his own brothers and sisters have now rejected him. And they're saying, if thou do these things, show thyself to the world. For neither did his brethren believe in him a sad moment in history. His own family that he grew up did not believe him. Remember, Jesus said many times, I'm from above, my father sent me. Then Jesus said unto them, my time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. It wasn't time for Jesus to be put on a cross yet. The time was not yet. The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify it, testify of it, that the works thereof are evil. He is reproving the world because of their sin. Remember, Jesus showed up in the history of mankind at a very dark moment when homosexuality was rampant, when rulers would rule by the fist, when they would take captive any nation they wished if they were militarily able to do so. A very dark time in history when women were looked upon as as second-class citizens. Jesus came to set us free. Jesus came to save you and I from our own destruction. And this is what he says. Go up you unto the feast. I go not up yet unto the feast, for my time is yet not full or come. When he had set these words unto them, he abode still in Galilee. But when his brethren were gone up, then when he also up unto the feast, not openly, but as it was in secret. Now Jesus still decides to go into Jerusalem. Jesus still decides to go up there and teach these folks. It wasn't that Jesus was scared because Jesus actually commands us not to fear. He has commanded us not to fear because he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. And as we continue in verse 7 of chapter, of verse 11 of chapter 7, then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, where is he? And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him, concerning Jesus. For some said, he is a good man. Others said, nay, but he deceives the people. Howbeit no man spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews. No one would confess that they were followers. No one would confess that they believed in him because of the Jews, because of the religious leaders, because of fear of being expelled from the synagogues, from the religious facilities. Now, about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. We can clearly see that Jesus was not afraid. He went up up into the feast, up into the temple, and began to teach the people openly. And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? How does this man know so much? How does he how is he able to speak the words of God? He's never been taught. He's never gone to any of our exclusive schools. How is it that he does that? See, this is something that Jesus can do in your life. He can use you, an ordinary person, to confound the wise. He uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. But here, they were missing the whole point, that he was God, that he was the Messiah. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but him that sent me. Again, he he is reminding him, reminding the religious leaders that his doctrine is from above. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Listen, if you just tuned in, this is 
freedom with Adam Riojas as we continue in the book of John. And we are now in the book of uh, John chapter 7, verse 17, where Jesus is beginning to speak, to teach all these religious leaders. And he is letting them know that, that if you're doing the will of God, then God will know you and you will be able to speak freely of God. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sententh them, same is true, and no unrighteousness in him. Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keepeth the law? Why do ye go about to kill me? Again, Jesus is reproving them because he knew their heart. He knew their evil intent that they wanted to kill him. Thank you if you're listening to this because Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you and he knows your heart. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday through Thursday, along with the classical conversation community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for fall 2022. Visit them online at atthecrossoceanside.com. That's atthecrossoceanside.com. Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas as we continue our discourse in the book of John chapter 7. We left off where Jesus was saying, If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. If you know God and someone speaks to you about God or you're speaking about God, you will know if you're in his doctrine. You will know if you will have the correct teaching. Verse 18 says this, He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that speaketh his glory that sent him the same is true, and no, and there is no unrighteousness in him. As long as you're always pointing to God in whatever you find yourself doing, then your righteousness will come from God. Your righteousness will come from God. Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keepeth the law? Why do you go about to kill me? He knew their murderous heart. He knew that they were set to kill him because Jesus now appears in a period of history where the world has gone away and and where he's exposing their evil deeds, especially of those religious people. And without a doubt, they did not want to lose their statuses as these religious people. They were very wealthy. Who would want to give that up? But Jesus now is on the scene. The people answered and said, Thou hast the devil. Who goeth about to kill thee? Now they've they've literally have gotten the people that were there, that were listening to, to begin to shout this obscene things. Jesus answered and said to them, I have done one work. And you all marveled? Moses therefore gave unto you circumcision, not because it is a Moses, but of the fathers. And you on the Sabbath day circumcise a man. If a man on the Sabbath day receiveth circumcision, and the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry at me because I have made a man very wit whole on the Sabbath day? So what Jesus now is doing is he's calling them out for their hypocrisy. You circumcise 
on the Sabbath, I made a man whole, and you think that you are better than me? Now, when Jesus had had healed this person, we see it. We see that it took place early in John chapter 5 from verses 1 to 9. A man who had been sick, listen, for 38 years. For 38 years, he could not walk because of his infirmity that had happened to him. And instead of rejoicing, they're pointing fingers at him. And he's reminding them, are you mad at me because I healed somebody on the Sabbath day? Jesus now says, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Do it right. Do it right, religious leaders. Do it right. 725 of John says this, Then said some of them of Jerusalem, Is not this he whom they seek to kill? The people, the common people knew that they were seeking to kill Jesus. But lo, he speaketh boldly, and they say nothing unto him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is the very Christ? Of course they knew. They didn't want to give up their positions. They were happy with with being the pious people that they had become now. The, The people that ruled the rest. Look at me. Look at what I do. Look at how beautiful I am adorned with these clothes. Look how righteous I fast twice a week. And and literally they relied on all of their unrighteous deeds that they put out. See, God is not looking for you to work your way into heaven. God is looking for you to trust in him. Howbeit we know this man whence he is, but when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught them, saying, he spoke up, you both know me. You know who I am. You know that I am the Messiah. He's been telling them along this whole time. I'm the bread of life. He's healed like no one else. He showed them miraculous miracles that only God himself could do. You both know me, and you know whence I am. I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom you know not. You don't know the Father. How could you know him? Because if you knew him, you would know me. They were now in the flesh, these religious leaders. But I know him, for I am from him, the only begotten son, Jesus. And he has sent me. Verse 30 says this, and they sought to take him. They sought to take him, to arrest him. But no man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. And many of the people believed on him and said, When Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than these which this man has done? Remember, Jesus had fed multitudes. Jesus had changed the substance of something to another substance. From from water to wine. It's against nature to do that because Jesus rules over nature. He had walked on water because Jesus rules over nature. Jesus is speaking to you right now. Jesus wants you to know that he can do all things, that there's nothing impossible for him. Verse 32 says this, The Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him, And the Pharisees and the chief priests and officers to take him, they were done. They knew who he was and they were done. Then said Jesus unto them, yet a little while I am with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. Ye shall seek me and shall not find me, and where I am, you cannot come. No, they cannot come. The only way to the place he was going when he ascended, was to heaven after his crucifixion. No, you cannot come. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father but through me. I know there are a lot of religions out there, but Jesus is the only one who ever 
proclaimed, I am the way. There is no other way. I am the truth. There are no other absolutes. And he is the life. He is the one that gives us eternal life. This life will end someday for you and I. And only Jesus can bless us with eternal life. As the story continues, the Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him. The Pharisees and the chief princes offered to take him. Then said Jesus to him, yet a little while and I am with you. And then I go on to him that sent me. You can't come where I'm going. Verse 35 says this. Then said the Jews among themselves, whither will he go? That we shall not find him. Will he go on to the dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles? Is that where he's going? He's going to the Gentiles? Remember what scripture says at the beginning of this book? He came on to his own and his own received him not. John 1, 9. But as many as received them, to them he gave authority or power to be called children of God. They rejected him. Verse 36 this, what manner of saying is that he saith, ye seek me and shall not find me, and whether I am, you cannot come. Of course he was speaking truth with them. Of course he was telling them that they, they could never end up in a place like heaven because of their deeds. Verse 37 says this, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, he gets up, he begins to teach and speak, and he says, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. That must have blew everybody away. He is now proclaiming deity. In Jeremiah 2.13, God said that Isaiah was speaking about God, about him being the living water. The living water. Can you believe that? He is now proclaiming that he is God. Let me read to you what Jeremiah 2.13 says. It says this as we read it. It says that Jesus or that the Father... Well, let me read it from Scripture. I, I want to make sure that none of you are deceived and that you get the correct word right from his word. 2.13 says this. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that they can hold no water. Did you just hear what Jehovah, what God said? that they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. And as we go back to John, we see that it is very clear, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Jesus is proclaiming to be God. He that believeth on me, as as the scripture saith, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And we had a total fulfillment of that at the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was given to the folks. But this he spake of the Spirit which they that believed on him should receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because that Jesus was yet not glorified. Verse 40 says this, Many of the people therefore, when they heard the saying, said, Of truth, this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ, but some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? Again, the the crowds are stirred up, are stirred up. They don't know what to do at this point. Something marvelous had just happened. Jesus proclaimed to be the fountain of living water when he's saying, come on to me and I will give you water. I will give you drink. He's speaking to you directly right now. If you're suffering with depression, if you're suffering financially, if you're 
having a hard time with your spouse right now, if you just lost your job, Jesus is speaking to you right now. He's asking you to come and drink of this living water that he has to offer. He wants to pour his spirit upon you. He wants to free you. Some of the folks believe. Others didn't know what to think. Verse 42 has, says this of seven. Hath not the scripture says that Christ cometh out of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? Of course the scripture says that. Of course Micah 5 2 tells him that he would be born in Bethlehem. Of course he tells him that he is from eternity. Let me read Micah 5 2 to you and see its fulfillment. But thou, O Bethlehem, Micah 5 2, Bethlehem Ephrathah, thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto thee, unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. Pointing to Jesus. Listen, if you just tuned in, this is freedom with Adam Riojas as we're going through scripture and we're now on a point in the Bible in John chapter 7 where Jesus is letting them know that if they are thirsty they can come drink from him quoting what God had said of himself in Jeremiah 2.13 that he was the fountain of living water you know at any point they could have asked Jesus, where were you born? Because there's no doubt as we read scripture that most of his ministry dealt with Galilee. They could have asked him at any time, hey, Jesus, where were you born? And you know what he would responded? In Bethlehem. In Bethlehem, a total fulfillment of scripture. So there was a division among the people because of him. And some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. At that point, Israel was in an uproar. Jerusalem was going haywire. Jesus had proclaimed to be the living water. He just taught openly at one of their feasts at the temple. And no one laid hands on him. Not a single person because it was yet not his time to go up on a cross for you and me. See, Jesus did this for you and me. Went up on a cross for you and me. Verse 45 says this, Then came the officers to the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they said unto him, Why have you not brought him? They're asking the soldiers, why didn't you bring Jesus? We gave you a commandment to bring him, to arrest him, to bring him to us. Remember, all they had was murder in the back of their mind. They wanted to kill Jesus. They wanted him out of the picture because he had now disrupted their religion their religious outward expression of what they call seeking God. The officers answered, never has a man spoke like this man. Then answered them, the Pharisees, are you also deceived? But they've never heard a man speak like that. They never heard Words come out of a man with such authority. Jesus had spoken to these people. These people now were getting this message that he was the Messiah. He was the one to come. He was the one to bring light back into a very dark time in history. They did not lay hands on him because of how he spoke. And the Pharisees are 
angry. The religious leaders are angry because they didn't arrest him. Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? But these people who knoweth not the law are cursed are what they saying. Now, if you remember Nicodemus said unto them that came to Jesus by night, remember when he came to Jesus in John chapter 3 and he said he was having a conversation again and Jesus says, said to Nicodemus, a man must be born again. And Nicodemus was in shock. How can this be? How can this, can a man go back into the mother's womb? Jesus was talking about a conversion about having childlike faith. You know, the older we get, the harder we become. But Jesus says, as a, you must be born again. As a brand new child, you must be born again. This is that same Nicodemus. It had now been a span of time. He came to Jesus by night, being one of them, being one of the religious leaders. Remember, he had had an encounter with Jesus. Doth our law judge any man before it heareth him and knoweth what he doeth? Does our law judge anybody? Listen, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas as we are getting close to closing the book of John chapter 7 where in verse 51 says, If our law, this is a response by Nicodemus, does our law judge any man before it hears him, before it hears him and knoweth what he doeth? They answered and said unto him, Are thou also out of Galilee? Remember, they could ask Jesus at any time, where were you born? Who are you? But they chose not to take that route. They chose to live in their sin, in their religiosity. Search and look, for out of Galilee arises no prophet. Of course not. Jesus was fulfilling Micah 5.2. He was born in Bethlehem. Micah. Michael was written at least 400 years before Jesus was born. Yet it tells us the exact city where he was going to be born at. But more than that, it tells us that he's from eternity. It should tell you and me that he's God. And that he loves you. And that he put on a human suit for you and me. That's what Jesus did. He put on a human suit For you and me, you don't have to be depressed any longer. You don't have to be hopeless any longer. Yes, God is speaking to you, listener, right now. You who are are tuned in to the show right now. Jesus is speaking to you. After they went through this whole scenario, every man went to his own way. The, the discourse was over. Everyone was had taken off from this conversation that Jesus had been having with the Jews as he was teaching in the temple. He had just let these folks know that he was the fountain of living water. If you thirst, come on to me, as he says in verse 737, in the last day, in the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He's saying that to you right now. There isn't no problem too big or too small that Jesus can't handle. There isn't anything that he doesn't understand. Remember, Jesus walked as a human for about 33 and a half years. He knows your heart. He knows what you're going through. He wants to hear from you. He wants you to drink from the fountain of living water. You're always on his heart. You're always on his mind. He loves you. Yes, Jesus loves you. Yes, he can offer you eternal life. It's very simple. Jesus, come into my heart. I believe you. 
You died for me. I, I believe you went to a grave and that you rose on the third day. Be my Lord, be my Savior. If you just pray that and you believe that, then from this point on, God will change your life. And if you're pondering in your heart, don't forget that it's that simple. Come into my heart. I believe you died for me and rose on the third day. He rose because he loves you. And as we close this show today, I'm going to ask our guest, Mark Buckley, to close us in prayer. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, dear Lord. We thank you for your word, your love, that we continue just to trust you with all our heart, dear Heavenly Father, and that you will continue to guide and direct us, dear Lord. And if there's somebody out there, dear Heavenly Father, that feels like they're that mistake, they're that mistake that didn't belong here, dear Lord, and that uh, their heart is troubling them. And they just know they happen to tune in a program that just tells them that they're loved and special. They have a purpose, dear Lord, and everything that they need. That they're being talked to, dear Lord, by you. That you would continue to guide and direct their lives to Heavenly Father. And that uh, commandment to love you with all our heart, mind, and soul, what we need to do is just spend time with you. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mark. How can someone get a hold of you today? Early on the show, you spoke about depression. Tell us how we can get a hold of you. Uh, again, my web, my website is gettingoverdepression, spelled out that way, dot org, O-R-G. And on that, you can email me. Uh, you can see all the, the books, uh, the videos. And uh, I, would great, I would love to talk to you. Amen. We love you guys, and we thank you for tuning in today. Know that Jesus loves you. Yes, you. He loves you. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show... Go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas.